0: Welcome to the Life Point Church Podcast. Well, we are in week number nine of a series. And usually our series are like three, maybe four weeks, and so it's been a little bit longer. We've got a lot of really, really good feedback, so um, we appreciate that. So that, that tells us that we're, that we're helping you. How many know anytime we open up the Word of God, there's potential for us to change? There's potential for us to be blessed. There's potential for us to get things right. Look at the person and say, you need that. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's potential for everything to shift. Everyone say shift. Shift. And so we've been looking at, uh, the 10 commandments and we, uh, have learned that God's people were in bondage for nearly 500 years and God brought them dramatically and miraculously up and out of Egypt. And he was taking them into their own land. Moses was leading them and they came into the wilderness in Sinai before they were going to cross the Jordan and go into the promised land. And so you got to remember they were slaves. And they, they, had, uh, really they had no laws of their own. They had no, nothing of their own that they owned. And so they were about to become their own culture and society and God's people. And so God just knew that he needed to give them some commandments to live by. And the Bible says this, that God called Moses up Mount Sinai to give them the 10 words or the 10 commandments. And the people said, God, Moses, you go up because we're scared of God. God, We we don't want God to talk to us. You you just come back and tell us what he said. And so uh, Moses said, don't fear God. The reason he's giving us these commandments are to keep us above sin. And so it wasn't these commandments that delivered them, just like it's not something you obey that delivers you, it's the hand of God, it's the, it's the power of Christ, but then he gave us his word, he gave us his law for us to, um, to live by and to keep us blessed, to keep us to live above sin. And so here's what we've learned, that every one of these commandments have a face value um, a black and white value. But then there's a life principle within these commandments, and that's what we have been bringing out for the last, the last few weeks. And so uh, we will wrap this up next week and move on to um, an even better series. But, so we're calling this series The List. Everyone say The List. So God had the original top 10 list. And you got to think, out of everything God could have said, he gave them these these 10, not suggestions, but what, commandments to to, to live by. And so some people, some theologians say that they're actually in order of importance. And whether they are or not, to make God's top 10 list, I mean, there's some important stuff. And so let's look at commandment number eight. Exodus chapter 20, verse 16 says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Um, We could say it this way, thou shalt not lie. And so at face value, I think we all understand, God would expect us to live an honest life. He would want us to um, not live a deceptive life. He would want us to be upfront and honest in our business dealings, in our relationships, um, having you know what we say, we should be true to our word. We should honor and pay our taxes. We should be truthful people, right? Especially if we're God's people, we should be truthful people. And so I think that we all get that, we understand that. So what would be an even greater principle that would be behind um, this idea of not lying? And here's what I believe, that it's the principle of watching your words. So I'm going to help you this morning. I just ask that you open your hearts and your minds, and I believe that uh, as I share, I'm going to empower you. So here's my title for this morning, The Wisdom of your words. Now we have taught a lot before on your words. How many have learned your words are important? I'm gonna prove that to you this morning. So I think the life principle, even behind this whole idea of life, is just us watching our words and having wisdom with our words. So let's make some points. And if you have your card there in front of you, you can follow along. Here's the first point, that my words convey an important message. My words really, really do convey an important message. So here's, here's what I'd like you to think about. I want you to think about the words that have been spoken over you or to you, how those words have impacted you. So whenever someone says something or you say something, um, those words actually convey important messages or an important message to you. So think about um, the fact that someone would say something to you, they would say something over you. It immediately makes you feel something. It will make you believe something and it will make you do something. So if I would say something to you or over you, it's going to create a feeling. That feeling could become your belief, and that's how you eventually would act, those consistent messages that you've heard. So just think about um, some messages that have been said to you. I, I wrote a few down. Uh, maybe some sometimes someone spoke something like this to you. You aren't good enough. You will never be good enough. So It, it could have been in your childhood. It could have been a, a coach, a teacher that spoke something like that to you. It'd begin to you begin to feel the emotion of that, and if you heard it consistent enough, you would believe that, and it's how you've acted out in life. If you, you've heard some messages like this, you aren't pretty enough. You will never amount to anything. Um, I don't love you anymore. Um, maybe it was a lot more direct, but well, you're stupid, or you didn't make the team, or you didn't get the job. All of these things that we hear, make us feel something. Sometimes it's rejection. Um, Sometimes it's um, not feeling adequate enough or good enough or we're we're not special enough. And so it leaves us with a message, an important message. And if we hear it consistently, we'll start to believe that. That's why we need to know the Word of God, because the Word of God can Can fix and correct and alter some messages that you heard all your life, or you heard at an important time in your life. Especially when your kids are certain ages, they are being molded and shaped, and the words that are spoken to them, the messages spoken over them, are going to determine what they think about themselves, how they act in lives. And you can look back in your life, so things that were that were said to you, not said to you, spoke over you, impacted you. Guess what? It made you who you were. It made you do what you did. And so there's a, there is a, a message that your words convey, and it's, in, it's, it's an important message. And it's impacted you, and you, you, you feel it in your emotions, and it fixes just what you believe about yourself. Someone told you your whole life you couldn't be something and do something. And so it set the course of your life that you thought you never could or you never could be. And then all of a sudden you hear the word that says you can do and be all things that God's called you to do and be. There's a little bit of challenge because you've heard a different message your whole life. So you need, to steer, you need to start hearing that message more and more and more and more. Yeah. That's why you like to come in here on Sundays and we pump you up and we declare the word of God over you and you feel good about it. why? Because you're getting truth. But you might have heard for years a different message and it, it formed your thinking. So it's important, the the words that are said, because it conveys a a very, very essential, very, very important message. Y'all with me so far? But think about the words that you maybe have spoken and the impact that it has made, because the Bible says this, out of the abundance of your heart, your yapper, what? Yaps. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth, what? It speaks. So out of what's in the core of your life um, comes your words. Um, You verbalize what's in here. And so think about some things that you may have said in your life. Um, how about the battle between saying something like this, um, I, 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 can't, I can't do it versus I can do all things. Yeah. How about the battle between I'm a loser versus I'm more than a conqueror. Or how about the battle of saying I'm broke versus I'm blessed. So every time you speak something, there is this... Um, important message that is conveyed. Let, let's read a scripture, Matthew chapter 12, uh, three verses. Let's start at verse 35. The good man from his inner good treasure flings. Everyone say flings. I like that word because that's what we do sometimes. We just fling words out there. Yeah. You ever be in the middle of flinging a word and on the way out, you're like, oh, stink. This is not going to land well. So a good person flings good words. The evil man out of the evil storehouse flings what? Evil things. Verse thirty-six, but I tell you, um, on the day of judgment, we have to give an account for every one idle word. I'm going to come back to that. Um, idle means inoperative or non-working word that we speak. For our words were justified and we're acquitted, and by our words we're condemned and we are sentenced. I, I, I believe this: our words are a gauge to our spiritual condition. Um, they're a gauge in our life to our spiritual condition. If I wanted to know what your spiritual condition is, you want to know what mine is, all you have to do is, is clue into the gauge. You know, if you get in your car and you uh, look at the gauges on your dash, they're there to keep you updated on your speed, your fuel. But every once in a while, how many know a little red light goes off? Don't you hate when that red light goes off? Like, oh, of all things to deal with right now, is the little red lights. And we can often have a tendency to ignore it. But how many of you need to pay attention to it is there to warn you. It's there to um, grab your attention. And and, and so it's the same thing with with our words. Our words can be a gauge to our spiritual condition. Now, here's a myth I want all of you to understand. This is an absolute myth, that you can say whatever you want to say. That's a myth. It doesn't matter. I can just say whatever. I I live in America. I can say whatever. I Yeah, you have the right to, but not the responsibility to it's a myth that you can just say whatever you want because uh, uh, let me teach you something that, that I just, that just came to me. I was telling my wife this. I studied this out and this is so good but I, I never really thought about it this way until I studied this out. So the Bible says you and I will give an account for every what? Idle word. So before we just read over that, let me explain to you what it means by idle word. It means you have to give an account or let's say it this way, you are responsible for every non-productive word that you say. Okay, so we read that, but what what does that still really mean? Um, What that means is this, is that we say words that we don't really believe. Just let me give you an example. My back is killing me. Now, is your back literally killing you? No. So you don't believe that your back is literally killing you. But here's the point I want you to get. Here's how idle words work. If you are saying words like, I don't really believe that, what happens is it, it, it numbs you. It makes you numb so when you have to say words that have impact or have faith to them, you don't have enough faith to believe in them because you're used to saying words that what? It's not really what I meant. Isn't that a cool concept? So you have said words that you didn't really mean them, it was idle, non-productive, my back's killing me, I'm dying to see my kids. You don't really mean you're dying but because they're not real accurate and you don't really believe them, then what it does is it numbs you, so when you have to say something that you believe, like, I believe I'm healed, I believe I'm blessed, I believe I have peace, I believe I have joy, you struggle to believe with that. Why? Because you're using nonproductive words. That's why it's so important for you and I to do what? Get a hold of the words that are coming out of our mouths. Isn't that a cool? In other words, let me say it this way. Every word counts. So I know when we speak on words, sometimes people roll their eyes like, oh, here's this confession thing. Listen, it's an important thing. It's an important thing that we get our words right. Now, no one needs to be the, you know, the confession police for everybody, but what you and I need to do is begin to let the Holy Spirit work and tame our tongues and correct our, correct our verbiage. Because every word you speak conveys an important message. You know, here's an important message. I'm sick. My back's killing me. I'm down, I've lost my dog. I mean, just we have this down language versus I'm blessed, I'm healed, I've got the peace of God, I've got the mind of Christ. Because these words that we're speaking, they convey a message, and so every word counts. Listen to this. Every word you speak, think of it this way, is either a weapon or a snare. Every word that I speak can be a weapon or it can be a snare. In other words, it can be useful, it can bring change, or it can snare me. Listen to me, because I know what people think. Well, you're just talking about words. Words really aren't that important. It's not really what I meant. But if we keep talking that way, we keep saying things we don't believe, we don't. then it's hard to believe the things when we got to speak to a mountain. Yeah. Now listen, I, I know we lost an hour. Everybody looks a little sleepy, but, but get with me here, right? So if we can change some of the things we're saying, we can, we can, we can change our course. Yeah. So my words convey an important message. Here's the second thing. My words... Carry life or death. They convey an important message and they carry life or death. Every word, every sentence that I can form and verbalize, it either carries with it life or what? Death. Think about that. The power of life or the power of death. The power of curse or the power of blessing. Let me read you the scripture. Proverbs 18 says this. Sharing words of wisdom is satisfying to your inner being. It encourages you to know that you've changed someone's life. Verse 29, your words are so powerful. They are so powerful, they kill or they give what? They kill or they give life, and I love what it says, and the talkative person will reap the consequences. We're all talkative, some of you, a lot more than others, but we're, we're all talkative, right? And in our words, our words have the power to bring death or to kill or to bring life to something. So put it this way: Anything in your life is subject to be changed, because you have the power to what? Kill with your words or breathe life with your words. You can resurrect something, or you can seal something's fate. Guess what? Not with your thoughts, but with your words. So when we we say your words carry life, or they carry death, here's what your words uh, sound like when they carry life. When you declare faith to something, guess what you're doing? You are carrying and conveying a message of what? Life. The Bible says, what does faith do? It calls something that isn't as though it is, It's to look into the word of God and have a situation that is threatening you and trash talking you and intimidating you. And you take a word from the Bible, you take a rhema word, which is a spoken word, and you declare that word at it. What are you doing? I'm putting life at it. Some of you have some areas of your marriage that you need to do what? Speak some life over because you've been speaking some death over it. So, of you have some areas in your own life. How about your money? How about your body? How about your kids? That you need to speak some what? Life. So every time you speak faith, you actually energize it with what? Life. So you're speaking life to it. You have the power to do what? Speak life or death. But what do we like to do? We like to describe how bad it is or how much it's annoying us. And what does that do? That speaks death to it. But we need to speak some what? Life. Think about it. You have the power then to alter anything that is in your environment, your sphere, with the Word of God. Because when you say what the Word of God says, you're just saying what God says about it. That means it's, it's subject to what? Be altered or it's subject to change. Every time you speak love to something, guess what you're doing? Speaking life. If you say to a friend or you say to your spouse, I love you, what is that's speaking life, speaking immediately. When you tell your kids you love them, it speaks life to them because love is life. God is love and God is light and God is life. Jesus said, I come that you would have life and it would what? Overflow. So when we speak words of life, you know the best time to speak words of life is when you don't feel like it. The best time to speak a word of faith is what? When you don't feel like it. The best time to praise is what? When you don't feel like it. The best time to declare peace is when, when it's what? When it's confusing. The best time to speak joy is what? When you feel discouraged. Because you have the power to speak life. You can change a situation. So when you speak life, when you speak, I mean, faith, when you speak love, how about this? Whenever you speak grace to something. The Bible says our speech should be seasoned with what? Grace. You have a chance to speak grace at something. Um, you have a chance to look at your life when you feel like you're really messing up. And not so righteous, and look in the mirror and say you're the righteousness of God that's in Christ Jesus. That's speaking life to yourself instead of looking in the mirror saying, "Well, you you messed up again. You 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 know you're a loser again. You fouled up again. You're never getting any better. You thought wrong, did wrong, spoke wrong. Are you ever going to get it together?" That's speaking death. Lord, are y'all life. Come on, here we go. So we need to speak some life. So the Bible says your words carry what? Life or they carry death in them. Um, but you can speak death. Every time you declare fear to something, you're speaking death to it. I, I can't afford that. I'm so broke. I, I, I'm scared about this. I'm concerned about that. I'm frightened about this. I don't know if this is going to work out. I don't know if that's going to work out. What are you doing? You're opening the door to either life or death. You're opening the door and saying faith come in or you're opening the door and say fear I welcome you. We speak words of condemnation. We speak words of doubt. These, these all bring what? Death. Every time you speak, you are conveying an important message, and it carries the, the what? The power of life and the power of death. And I know you know this. We've taught on it. We, we spoke on this. But I hope you're getting the message that what we say is so, so important. We have just been conditioned to just say, just speak how we feel. How we now, I'm not saying your feelings aren't right, but man, we, we, what we're doing is just describing how bad we feel instead of speaking the word of life into changing things around us. How did God create this universe? The Bible said he looked out and saw nothingness, and he said, let there be light, let there be land, let there be man, let there be And so God spoke these things into existence. And the Bible said we have the DNA in God, uh, the DNA of God in us. We are speaking spirits, and every time we speak, we're creating. Every time we speak, we're changing things. So what have we said so far? Well, God gave this commandment, don't lie, but there's a bigger principle behind it that your words are important. And if you are a wise person, you will watch your words. And every time you speak, it conveys a what? A message, an important message. And every time you speak, it carries what? Life or it carries death. And here's the last one, I'm gonna camp here for a moment, that your words change everything. I I want you to look, just take a snapshot of your life in your mind right now and, and there are probably things that you're really excited about, happy in your life. Some things are going really well. Um, things are going pretty smooth. I like this area of my life. This, this area of my life seems to be working out. Things, things are as I would desire them to be. But what about the areas of your life that you might look at this morning and just be like, I don't like how that's going. I don't understand why that's there. That's not where I, I desire it to be. That's not where the word says it should be. Here's what I want you to know about. Instead of getting discouraged about it, here's what you can do. There's potential for it to change. If you speak the word of God over it, it cannot stay the same. Can't stay the same. If you're speaking the word of, why? Because it carries life, the power of life and death. And everything, my words have the power to change everything. Everything right now in your life is subject to change, good or bad, by your what? Your words. And really, there's two things that, that your words can do. The first thing your words can do is your words can corrupt things. If your words can change everything, we'll start with the bad, we'll get to the good in a moment, but your words can change everything. They convey an important message, it carries life or death, so we can, our, our, our words can corrupt things. So look with me in Ephesians chapter 4, it says this, let what? No corrupt word come out of your what? Mouth. Paul said, don't let, and so this is a principle from the command, don't let anything corrupt come out of your mouth except for what is necessary to edify, that it will give what? Grace to people. So what it's saying is don't let your words corrupt, let your words bring grace. Verse 30, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Could it be true that our words grieve the Spirit of God? Absolutely what this says, your words, my words can grieve the spirit of God. Verse, verse 31, let bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, let all that stuff be put away with you, but from you with, with all malice. So what this is saying is that we've got, our conversation has to change because it could grieve the spirit of God. So I did a little study for you and that phrase, let no corrupt word come out of your mouth Um, I'm going to tell you what that means. So there are one, two, three, four, five. There are seven things that fall under this category of corrupt conversation. How many want to know what they are? Okay, let let me tell you. The Bible says your words. Okay, where are we at so far? Every time I speak, every time I speak, there's an important message that's conveyed. Life or death. So my words can change everything, but they can corrupt things. My words can take something that is neutral or good or great and can corrupt it. My words can corrupt a relationship. My words can corrupt an, an organization. My words, the things that come out of my heart, the things that come out of my mouth. And so there are seven things under this category of corrupt conversation. Here's the first one. This goes right back to the commandment, uh, ninth commandment. Don't lie. Lying corrupts. I don't think I have to say a lot about this because I think we all understand it's dishonest. It um, is untruthful. I think we understand that one. I'm not going to unpack that one a lot because I think it's face value. We understand. But whenever we speak something that is not truth, it corrupts. It changes something for the bad. And so when something is corrupted, what does it do? It opens the door to doubt. It opens the door to fear. It opens the door to worry. It opens the door to, for the devil because it grieves the spirit of God. So when we lie, what does it do? It opens a bad door in our life. I know you know that one, so let's, let's talk about it. How about this? Um, here's some other things that fall under that category. When we speak divisive words, say, well, what's a divisive word? A divisive word is something that brings calamity. It's something that brings um, destruction. Uh, it, there, there are just people who are always telling things, and it brings division. And here's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians. It says, stay away from people like that. what Paul said. If there are people who are always speaking divisive things, always speaking division, always slandering, always bringing strife, the Bible says, you know, Paul said this, you stay away from people like that. That's what the Bible says. You see that kind of prayer, you need to stay away from those people. That's pretty strong words. There are some people all the time that they just want to say things that are a little bit divisive. They, they, they They could say something that would divide relationships. They could say something that divides things in church. I mean, this is a, this is something that can happen in the church because why we have such a, such a message of unity and such a message of vision that there can be always someone having a conversation that, that could speak against. Well, I didn't, I didn't like that song. Pastor Mitch did. I, I didn't like that song. I didn't, I, 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 I don't, I want his long hair back. I want his beard back. I don't like the way he looks. <laughs> it can get, it just little drops of devices. I didn't, I didn't like the way Pastor Aaron dressed, Well, I didn't like what he said. You know, when he said that one thing, he looked my way. And, you know, I think he needs to preach on this. He hadn't preached on this. You know, I used to have someone that went to church here. They don't go here anymore. And I would get up and I would preach on grace. And I would say this, because this is what scripture says, that we're not in a season of direct wrath. Anyone grateful for that? We're in a season of of grace. Now, that doesn't mean there's not consequence, but we are not in a season of direct wrath from God. If we were, y'all would be toast. So I would preach on the grace of God, because the Bible said that God poured out his wrath on Jesus on the cross he's not mad at us. And I would have someone every Sunday get up and say, that was good, but you need to preach on the wrath of God. And I'm like, I just told you why I'm not going to preach on the wrath. I'm going to preach on the grace of God. doesn't mean we're not going to teach about purity and things like that. Every week, that was good. We need to hear about the wrath of God. We need to hear about the wrath of God. We need to hear about the wrath of God. Well, obviously that was some religious thing that was in him, but every week he won the wrath of God. How I many know there's not life in that? How about grace? God loves you. He forgives you. He's sufficient in your life. How many did the, did the message of wrath ever change you? Just scared you. Did the message of grace ever change you? Yes, because it empowered you. Every Sunday. And this person left a few years ago. I was like. You need to find some place where they're preaching wrath. Maybe he found it. I hope he found it. But I'm telling you, every week this went on. But there's just little divisive words. We, we got to so guard against those things. Let, let, me, let me keep going here. How about this one? N- negative conversation. Negative conversation. So you know what negative conversation is? It's you disagreeing with God. I know the Bible says that, but. But what? <laughs> but what? If God said it, come on. It's just this, neg- well, you know, it's those people who, uh, man, it's a nice day. If it's going to rain tonight. It's going to pour. We're going to have floods. I mean, it's just a negative conversation. It's just a negative framework of words. And the Bible puts this in corrupt conversation. So when you lie, you can corrupt something. When you get divisive, you can corrupt something. And when you get negative, you can corrupt something. Now, ha- how many so far are like, oh, stink, man, I need to watch my words? Yeah, I- no, wait a minute, though. I've told you this every week. I think all of us have broken every commandment. That's why we need the grace of God. You want me to keep going? Can you handle it? How about this critical conversation? Critical conversation, check this out. When we complain, when we murmur, when we condemn, listen to what the Bible says. It it deflects the blessing of God from our life. Now I know you guys don't complain. I know this isn't the critical crowd. I'll get on them in the second experience. I'll let them have it this morning. I know this is like the spiritual giants that are sitting here this morning. But man, ha- ha- how many have ever just noticed some of your language sometimes? It's just, it's just critical. And I'm telling you, this, this is one, I'll just be honest with you, I got to watch. Every time I go through a drive through it's a test from God. You can ask my wife, she said, just settle down. They might go to the church. I'm like, well, they need to go to church. If they went to church, they wouldn't act like this. So now I knew the mobile order. You think that would work? Would work, right? Would work. That no, doesn't work either. But we can get critical. But if you knew that the, a critical tongue deflects the blessing of God, man, would you want to change your words? So I can shout on Sunday, God, we're blessed, favored, and get real critical on Monday, and I lose my shout. I lose my shouts. How about this? This next one sort of speaks for itself. Um, Anything that's obscene, that could be cursing, that could be jokes. Um, The Bible says this in Colossians, rid yourself of this. Don't even let this be named among you. I think we understand that one. Um, How about this one? Um, Not you guys, but there are some people that are Christians that do this gossip. I know, in in good churches we call it, put them on the prayer chain. (laughs) Put them on the prayer list. (laughs) Let me show you a couple of things that you may have never known. Um, was under the, here's what the word gossip means. It means to whisper. To so whisper some things. It, it, there's some things that fall under this category that might surprise you. How, how about this? These, and I'll just use some examples. I, I have I've heard, you know, let's just say someone gets pregnant, this couple. They're, they get pregnant and they're really excited and they haven't even got to tell anybody yet. And maybe they just told you, don't tell me." Hey, we're, we're getting ready. We're going to do one of those reveals, you know, the, the pink balloons or purple balloons or pink confetti, we're, we're going to do this. And you go up to somebody and you tell them before they get a chance to, that's gossip. But you didn't know that. That's gossip. Um, how about this? You tell something that's not confirmed. I, this is like a pet peeve of mine. Some people will like, they'll tell you something, and I do this all the time. But how do you know? How do you know? Do you know for Sure. Well, I, 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 I mean, it, it was on Facebook. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know? And they, they just tell things and they don't know for sure. You know what that is? That's, that's gossip. Um, how about if you go to someone and tell them something and they don't have the authority to fix it? You know what that is? Gossip. Well, <laughs> you know, they... I, I did, I'm telling you, I didn't like Pastor Mitch's song today. I mean, I love Pastor Mitch. I don't know why I'm picking on you, Pastor Mitch. Um, I, I'll pick on myself. I, I didn't like the way he said that today. I think he was looking at me, and he was preaching at me, and he was pointing his finger at me, and, and you go to somebody and say, you know, he was preaching something today. I don't, you know what that is? If you go to someone and they can't fix it, or they don't have the authority to fix it, you know what that is? That's gossip. Now, if you come to me and say, I don't know if I liked what you said, that's fine, we can talk it out. But if you go to someone else just telling stuff, you know what that is? It's gossip It's gossip. The Bible says, rid yourself of these things. Um, um, And gossip means to whisper. It's like whispering to somebody. Hey, But these are things that fall under the category of gossip. I know y'all have never done that. I'm just saying that some people do these things. So if your words change everything, your words can corrupt. These are things that fall under the category. And here's the last thing that falls under that category is um, anger. Now, Jesus said something. He said, in your anger, don't what? So what Jesus is saying is there are going to be times you get anger, ang- angry. So angry is not the sin, but it's what could happen in your anger. Jesus got angry. Remember, he, he turned over the, the tables in the temple because they, it wasn't a place of prayer. So there is anger, but in your anger, don't sin. H- here's some things that fall under hateful speech is angry speech. Um, argumentative. Um, that's the person who's always right. Yeah, you ever have a conversation with something like that? You'll say, yeah, uh, I, I was... Um, I got a blue car. No, that's not blue. It's actually off blue. <laughs> Come on. Or, or they know you tell them something. Nah, that's not how it goes. And they, they're, always, they're always right, and they're always argumentative. This is why the book of Proverbs says this. Chapter 13, verse 3. Guard your mouth. Guard your mouth. Look at someone and say, guard your mouth. Some of you said that to your spouse like, here's my moment. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> Guard your mouth and God, in the name of Jesus. Now, don't do it like that. I'm just saying, we all need to guard our what? Our yappers. But here's the cool thing. If your words bring an important message and they can bring life or death, they can change everything. They can corrupt. Here's the other thing they can do. They can correct things. Your words can correct things. Let let me read you a scripture. I know you know this, and I'll say a couple things and we'll be done. The book of James says this. um, Brothers and sisters, don't be eager to teach in the church since you know that we who teach are held to a higher standard, we all fell in many areas. Did I just describe anybody? We all fell in many areas, right? Any 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 um, recovering failures in here? Okay, I see that hands. Uh, uh, so we fall in a lot of areas, but look what it's, But especially with our mouth, especially with our words. Now, how many heard me talk today and you think, "Yeah, I keep failing with my mouth." Anybody? I'm looking. Some of you are going to need to put your hand up. I've had conversations with you. Okay. There we go. So we, we all fail, especially in our, in our, mouth, our words. Look what it, Yet if we're able to bridle the words, we say we are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way, and that means our characters mature and we're fully developed. So what the Bible's saying, if we're maturing in Christ, here's, here's the gauge. Our words should be maturing. Our words should be full of life. If we are maturing in Christ... Our words should be correcting. Our words shouldn't be corrupting. Our words should be bringing life. So how do we know that we're maturing? Our yapper. That's how we know that we're, well, I've memorized like two-thirds of the Bible. Great. But your words are full of death. That's how we know if we're maturing. Um, verse 3. So horses have bits and bridles in their mouths so that we can control, we can, we can guide their large bodies. Same way with mighty ships. Though they're massive, they're driven by, the, by fierce winds, they're steered by a tiny little rudder at the direction of the person at the helm. So a large horse, a large ship can be what turned by what just something small. Yeah. And so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries what? Great power. Just think of how a small flame can set a huge forest ablaze. And the tongue is a fire. It can be compared to the sum total of all wickedness and is the most dangerous part of the human body. The most dangerous part of your body is the smallest part. It's your tongue. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. Verse seven, every wild animal on earth, including birds, creeping reptiles, and creatures of the sea and land have all been what, overpowered and tamed by a human. We we, we have tamed wild animals. We we, we have controlled wild animals, but verse 9, but we use our tongue, or or where am I at? Verse 8. But the tongue is not able to be what? Tamed. It is, it's a fickle, I like this, unrestrained evil that spews out words full of what? Toxic poison. (laughs) We use our tongue to praise God and then turn around and curse a person who was made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth, we pour out the words of praise one minute and curses the next. This should never be. Here's the bad news. No matter how hard you try, how disciplined you are, or how awesome you are, there's one thing you will not have the ability to do that's tame your tongue. You can't do it. Scripture just, you can't tame your tongue. I'm not gonna do it, I'm not gonna say it, I'm not gonna say it, I'm not gonna do it, and then you let it fly one day. How many of you ever been having a conversation with your spouse, gets a little frustrated and and the words start coming out, and on the way out, you're like, I don't even, this is gonna be bad, they're just Have you ever just spewed some words out there and then you, you can't take them back? But here's what I want you to hear. The scripture tells us you can't tame your tongue, but it does not say that God can't tame your tongue. And it does not say the Holy Spirit can't tame your tongue. So how does it work? Here's how it works. You read the word of God. The Bible said the Holy Spirit illuminates the word of God. And the Holy Spirit begins to what? Tame your tongue. You cannot do it yourself. It will frustrate you. You may have a good week, and then one bad weekend, Just you tell that person off, or you just... You just let it rip. Even if it's not to somebody, you just say it. And you, 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 you can't fix it. But God's word, the power of the Holy Spirit, can tame your tongue. This is why we need to read the word of God. So th- th- there are two forms, two words for the word of God. Um, one is logos, which means the written word of God. This is the logos of God. Then there's what the Bible says is the rhema word of God, which is a spoken word of God. That's you speaking scripture. The Bible says it's a two-edged sword. What makes it two-edged? God said it, and you say what God said. That has two edges to it. When we begin to allow the Holy Spirit, and it's just a prayer like this, and I think we need to pray this every day. Um, Holy Spirit, change my words. Change what's in my heart and change my words. If you know some of these areas, If you know that you you just struggle with some lying, Holy Spirit, change my words. If you know that you you deal with negative conversation, Holy Spirit, change my words. Because this this is the opposite. This is what we do a lot of times. I just call it like, I just say it like I see it. That's the problem. You need to see it like the Word of God sees it. And you can say it. That's That's what healing is. I'm going to see this and say it like the word of God said, I'm the healed of the Lord. Um, I'm the blessed of the Lord. I have the mind of Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm above. I'm not beneath. I'm dead to sin, I'm alive to Christ. What is that? That's, that? That is the Holy Spirit taming your tongue. You're saying what God says. Because man, when something happens, we like to just it's bad, it's terrible. It's this. you're not this happened to me, that's not good enough. They do this. they said that blah 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 blah, blah. that is that, that's an undisciplined corrupt, that's corruptive conversation. So what do we do? Holy Spirit? use my tongue. I, I, the Bible says in Romans we're to offer all our members as a living sacrifice. hear yeah, right here is part of your members. <laughs> I, offer, have, I mean, how many of us have prayed that prayer lately, God, change my words? Someone needs to write this down, tweet this or something. I want you to get this statement. If, if your vocabulary changes, your destiny alters. that's where you go let's try it again okay if your vocabulary changes your destiny alters (laughs) thanks for the love (laughs) let's all stand think about it if my words change my destiny alters And it's easy to sit here right now and be like, I'm gonna change my words. God changed my words, God changed, but you go to work tomorrow, you go home after a while, you have a frustrating moment, you have a challenge that hits you, you have a mountain that stares at you, and all of a sudden there is this, we realize how hard it is to not say something or say the right thing. This is why, God, I I surrender my tongue to you. The word of God says this, I'm just gonna say it. Sometimes we need to just say what the word says. That's faith. That's life. I just need to say what the word of God says about me. That's grace. That's life. Not the doubt stuff, not the fear stuff. If it looks like you can't pay for it, you don't have to go, I'm broke, I'll never be able to, no, what do you say? You know what, one day I'm gonna be able to, I'm gonna be able to afford two of those. One day, I'll never afford a home, I can never have a house, I will never have a car like that. You know what? Everything you say, you're right about. I'll never be blessed like that. My marriage can never be like that. I'm never gonna be, you're right. Unless you take the word of God and say, you know what? One day, I'm gonna live in a house like that. One day, I'm gonna drive a car like that. One day, my marriage is gonna be blessed. Uh, And just start, that's what faith does. It reaches back to what doesn't seem like it is and it declares. It's just not, boy, that's just not reality. You're right, that's reality. We live in the faith zone. That's what faith does. Faith is a higher reality than reality. Are y'all with me? I'm right. Um, Check this out. And then we'll close. Every word we speak is prophetic seed. Every word that we speak is prophetic seed. Now listen to this. Um, It determines what you possess, what you do, and what you become. Man, y'all are struggling with that lost hour of sleep, I can tell. Listen to me. Every word you speak is prophetic seed. A a seed is small, but it has the greatest potential than than anything. It has the most uh, powerful potential than anything, a seed. Because in the DNA of a seed is change, and the DNA of a seed is power. So when you speak, your, your words are seeds, and they're prophetic. In other words, they come back to you, and they bring what you prophesy. So it's going to bring into your life, everything you have in your life is what you have spoken. Everything you've done in your life is what you have spoken. Everything you are in life is what you have spoken. So you can change what you can become. You can change what you can have. You can change what you do by what? Speaking words of life. If you keep saying you can't, guess what? You won't. If you keep saying you're never going to have, guess what? You're not going to have. You you are prophesying. So here's here's two things we need to do before we leave today. We, We need to call a cancellation to the harvest that we've spoken. How do you do that? You repent. You, you have prophesied some things out there and, and they're coming true in your life, and, and whether you want them to or not. So what do you do? We've got to cancel, what, what do you call that? A crop failure, a crop failure to your heart, to, to your seeds. We've got to call it crop failure. And, and we've got to, then we've got to start, what? Holy Spirit, help me speak words of life. Help me speak these things. Now, just let me tell you what not to do after this message and we're gonna close. Don't be that person. Here's the person I'm talking about. Someone walks up to you and they say something and you're like, oh no, you don't. That's not, you, you don't be that person. <laughs> like, like we, when my kids were little, we'd be standing in line in a store and someone would walk up, oh, poor little thing. I wasn't, all, oh, they ain't poor, they're blessed. I'll tell you that right now. They're the child of the Lord, they're blessed. Don't do that. But you, you can't under your breath just say, they're blessed, they're, they're not poor. Don't be that person. That's a self-righteous spirit. We can get that way with our words, when you, but what we do, we, we, we're in charge of our atmosphere. Anyone ever known that person? If you can't identify them, you're them. <laughs> uh, are you all with me with that? But this morning, here's what I think we need to do. Uh, We just need to say, God, there's some words I've spoken in those areas, and we're going to call a crop failure to them. We're going to repent of it. And God, we're going to ask you to help us. Help us with our words. Now, how many would be real honest with me and say that, you know, you gave us that list and, um, yeah, I need some help with my words. If your hand's not up, you're in the the category of lying. (laughs) How about we keep a hand up? I'm going to ask my wife if she would just pray. Jesus. We're going to, we're going to rep- just kill that crop failure. And, and God, okay. give us a new lease on our words. Because I've said this to you. The devil works in ignorance and darkness. That's right. So we learned, some, we learned some revelation today. So we got to respond to it, right? Amen. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com.